Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How's everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. So happy to be back on the mic with you guys. I know it has been quite a while. I think it's been a month since we've chatted on the podcast and I'm so sorry that I was gone for so long. This hiatus was completely unintentional but definitely much, much needed and I have a new vision for the podcast and myself as an influencer and content creator and I'm excited to start implementing that and being a lot more intentional with my content in the last quarter of 2023 and into the new year. So you're going to see a whole lot of new stuff for me on the podcast and just overall with everything that I do on TikTok, on Instagram, features, pod swaps hopefully and with my businesses as well. But today I have a really, really exciting episode for you guys and it's a long one, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. We'll do a solo catch up soon because there's so much to talk about, but be sure you're following me on TikTok at Kayla Moran. I'll link it below because I do a lot of chatty vlog style videos with you guys and give you life updates almost weekly on there. So if you've been wondering where I am, you can find me on there. Um, but yeah, let's do a suck and sweet of the week. It's been quite a bit. Hmm. My suck of the week is this weather is honestly just really drab and sad. I love fall. I love feeling cozy and fall colors. You know, that's my, my, I thrive in neutrals and rich browns and burgundy and dark green and navy blue. And I love those colors. I love fall. I love hot chocolate. I love apple cider. I love fall colors and the leaves changing and fall scents. Mahogany teakwood from Bath and Body Works is my absolute all-time fave candle. Um, sadly, I'm back in Miami where it's humid and we ring and fall with hurricane season. So there's just a lot of stormy weather lately. But the plus side of that is that the dogs are extra cuddly and want to come hang out with me. And they're both under my desk right now on my feet. And it's, it's really cozy and fun. Um, but yeah, so that's my suck of the week. My sweet of the week is that truly I cannot express how incredible it feels to be one year out of law school, a year and a half out of law school. And I found out I passed the bar exam a year ago on Tuesday, the 19th. So that was really crazy. Just feeling all the feels of, you know, bar exam results coming out for my friends that were a year below me in school and supporting them and being there and making space for them as they found out their results and their anxieties in the last week and just remembering how that felt for me and looking back at where I am where I was a year ago to where I'm at now and I just if you would have told me a year ago I wouldn't have believed you so it's like a huge pinch me moment and it just feels really really good to be where I'm at so yeah things have been really good I've just been in quite a bit of an introspective season the last month and I'll save that all for my solo episode and we'll do a chatty session and life update vlog uh, style talk on the podcast because like I said, I like to go do those on TikTok now. Um, but yeah, things are really, really good. So my suite of the week is just those warm, fuzzy feelings and going to all the networking events. I'm in my networking girl era. I'm going to anything and everything that I can get my hands on that is reasonably affordable. Um you know, not, I can't go to every single conference or event, but I try to. 
And I'm actually, after this, going to get ready for dinner with Lawyer Britt, who was on the podcast a couple of months ago, and I'm super excited to go meet her in person. So yeah, things are really, really good, and I'm excited for the end of the year and the beginning of the new year. I am turning 26 in two months, so you know I feel like I'm coming into my own, and I'm excited to continue sharing that with all of you guys. And continuing to have these really candid conversations with people who inspire me. And my goal is always to inspire you guys as I do them. So let's dive right into this week's guest. If you saw the title of this video, you would... Or video. (laughs) What is this, YouTube? If you saw the title of this episode, you would know that it is Jillian Dodd, who is a New York Times bestselling author of the Keaton Chronicles, of the That Boy series, Spy Girl and so many more books, and she is one of my favorite authors that I have been reading since I was in middle school. I think at 8th grade or early ninth grade, I've started reading her books, and, you know, The Keaton Chronicles has just gone with me through so many stages of my life. The series ended, I think, three or four years ago, so I was in college, and I I truly, like, I grew up with Keaton alongside you know, alongside her and Jillian's books. And I've been a part of Jillian's Facebook group for years, seeing her daughter and her daughter get married and have a baby and seeing Jillian's houses and her renovations and just always talking with her about her latest book and her writing process and, you know, getting to know her and her characters. And I love following her and being a part of her community. And it was a huge pinch me moment when I got to have her come on the podcast. It was so, so much fun. And it felt like talking to my older, more fabulous sister. And we talk all about how she became an author. She is self-published and how she creates her stories. What was the inspiration for her stories and how she does all the planning and the research and the best parts of her stories to write and her favorite characters to write and what is next for her. And actually this week, a new book came out, Popularity Isn't Easy, the second book in the Eastbrook Academy series, which is the spinoff series of the Keaton Chronicles, and it's the next generation. The main protagonist is Keaton's daughter. So they go back to Eastbrook, the boarding school where Keaton goes, and that's all I'll tell you about the Keaton Chronicles. Go read it. I'll link them below. Um, But yeah, it was so fun to meet the next generation, and I feel like you know, I grew up with Keaton and now getting to see her kind of as a mom and her kids and, you know, they're 16. So they were born in like 2007, which is wild because my cousin's 16. Um, but you know, it was really cool reading Eastbrook or reading the Keaton Chronicles in like the early 2010s, you know, the, they were in high school in like the early 2000s so they were a little bit older than me as I was reading these stories so it's cool to see you know how high school has evolved since then and I just love being inside Jillian's brilliant mind and she has my dream closet and it's so fun to talk to her so it was a really big pinch me moment and I'm so so lucky that I got to have her on the podcast and I hope you guys enjoy it and check out her books and let me know which one your favorite one is. If you like this episode, please leave a rating and review. Please subscribe to the show, share with a friend, tag us as you're listening. Let me know who you want to see next and what topics you want me to cover next and I will see you guys next week. Meet Jillian. So Jillian, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? Um, I love interior design 
and I paint a lot of my own pictures that hang on the walls in my family's houses. That's awesome. Yeah, you are very creative, which we're going to get really deep into. Um, I think in another life, I also was an interior designer. I love it. I can't wait to have my own house to be able to decorate. It'll be fun. And I love seeing like all your home renovations and designing and it's cool. I, I was telling you offline, I grew up reading your books and I have been reading them since I think eighth grade or at least ninth grade for sure. And just, you know, I've grown up alongside you and your, your writing and, you know, your stories. And it's really cool now to follow you and be friends with you and see what you're doing, you know, and see how much of you comes out in your books, but also like your own, like you are your own unique person and you use a little bit of everybody in your life to create these characters is really, really cool. So how did you kind of get into writing? Like, where did this start for you? Um, it sounds crazy, but I started writing because I've always had insane dreams. Um, and I dreamt and I'm not always in them or I'm other people in them, which is very odd. But, um, I had a series of like over a couple of weeks, a series of three different dreams about the same characters. And I've always been like, I could read a book a day, especially when I, for oh, a short too. time, I, I was home with my kids and, you know, when you're waiting in line for soccer and doing all that stuff. I, I read, 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 and I needed to know who these people were and who got together. Cause you couldn't tell from the scenes, like who, I want to know who she ended up with, you know, what yeah. every romance reader wants. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I wrote the scenes down the best I could remember them. And then I started writing their story. Um, and that's became my first book that boy. Yeah. I read those two and Spy Girl is one of my favorites, which you, you always say you wish you were to have been a spy. I, I love yeah. action through like, that's my favorite kind of movie to watch. Like, you know, Jack Ryan, like spy movies and like mystery thrillers. Like, I don't like scary, but like, I want a mystery. I want to be taken for a ride. I want to be like on the edge of my seat. And so Spy Girl was, Spy Girl, my second favorite series of yours, Keaton Chronicles is my first, but yeah, you started with that boy, which is very much you like you are a you know small town girl from Nebraska and you wrote that in these books what was the story that you know what were these dreams that you had that you were like I need to write the story um there were three scenes one uh they are at a Nebraska football stadium in the stadium I had been there like the day before with my son he was like in third grade and they did a field trip to see Moral Hall, which has a bunch of mammoths and stuff in it. And then they let these little kids who have grown up watching Nebraska football. Now, I've never been on the field before in my life at this point. I was like, we were all, all the moms were like, my gosh, but they let them have a picnic. And the kids all started taking their shoes off to pretend like they were having footballs. Like, you know, somebody should have brought some footballs. But that's, I had a dream that she uh, is there with two guys and they're just playing football for fun and she goes out for a pass. And I don't know why, but she was in little shorts and a flag bikini top and goes up for this great catch. And um, I didn't, I didn't know what I knew. Both guys were cute. I could visualize them completely. And then there's another scene. It reminded me a little bit of Peggy Sue got married, which is a really old movie, but she's on stage, like at her reunion and she has to, she gets sick or whatever. And then she goes back and relives her life. The beginning scene in the story is she's on stage and she just got surprise engaged to on her first date to one of the boys. And I don't even know which one it is at this point. <laughs> 
Um, which is why I really wanted to write the book and she's about to say no. And then she starts going back through memories of them in their life. And that's kind of how the book starts. And then the other one was, um, the party scene in a cornfield (laughs) and, uh, her boyfriend's cheating on her with another girl. And like, that's the night they're supposed to, you know, finally do it. And she's upset and she's there with both boys and kisses one of them. And it's, um, a tragic ends up being a tragic night as well. So I dreamed all of that, like going to the hospital and the whole That's thing. so wild that your yeah. dreams are so vivid and that just these three dreams were like, all right, I'm going to write a book. And now you have a spinoff series and there it's just yeah. grown so much. It's funny. So I went to, I'm from Florida, Miami, grew up here my entire life. And then I went to UCF for college. Cause like, I want to experience like something away from Miami. And I was still like leaving college. I was like, I'm not ready to go back to Miami just yet. I want to go experience something else. And looking back, like I was telling you this before, I think growing up with your books and your characters who have lived very different lives from me, but I, I see a lot of myself in each of them. And maybe they their growth has informed my growth as well at times. You know, I wanted to experience the South or like the Midwest. So that's where I applied to law schools. You know, I applied to the New York and the DC schools too, but you know, I, Baylor in Texas, Tennessee, Wake Forest, Michigan, Notre Dame. And I ended up going to the University of Tennessee. And, you know, that boy, that series takes place for the most part in Nebraska and Missouri. And, you know, Keaton Chronicles, Texas, Connecticut, and California. And these are all places I've never been before. Now I've been to Texas, but, you know, really getting to experience what these different lifestyles were like. And, you know, I never partied in a cornfield, but I partied in the woods, you know, random places. Yeah. Um, so wherever like, it's available, wherever, <laughs> space, right? wherever, wherever you can start a bonfire and, you know, have some yeah. s'mores. Um, but it's just really cool. Also looking back now, people who listen to my podcast don't know this. So this is a fun one for people. I have dated two best friends too. And, you know, there's a lot of taboo about that. And so actually I, I just, at the same time, no, no, no. <laughs> No, no, not at the same time. But but now, literally, as you were saying that, I'm putting two and two together that like Jaden does that in that boy. And like, no one really says anything to her about like that being messy, but but they just know it's like, right. And they support each other. And like, they're like, the friendship is stronger than anything. And like, not quite my situation, but kind of sort of. And so it's just funny, like, you know, like life imitates art kind of thing. It's like, I, I literally have lived different parts of each of these characters lives which is really funny um I love that I think one of the things that's the most fun to write about for me is is real life you know it's messy it's fun um and I just I think the friendships and the the people that you meet along the way are what make life really special and so having those people in books really developed as characters that you remember is really important to me that's what so, I love, I love too, that. that all your, you don't really do standalones, like you do series. And I guess like, I want to know more. I want to know what happens next. And because they're longer series for the most part, you get to really develop these characters and we get to see them in, with their friends too. And by themselves, not just in a romantic relationship. Cause sometimes I love a romance novel that's like quick and to the point And like, we know guy gets the girl. But sometimes I'm like, I like the story between her and her friend. Like, why didn't I want more of that? Like, can I, can there be a, can the friend have a series or a book so I can like mm-hmm. learn more about the friend? Like, I, 
So I love that you really develop in a lot of your stories. You know, Jaden, it's her friendship with the two boys, but Keaton has so many really great female friendships that you really get to develop. And you get to see the boys really develop a friendship in the later books. And you get to see how that has evolved and like all of them as a big group. And Huntley, her brother and her friends in high society. And I really, that's something that I didn't really see the value of until recently, just friendships, how important friendships truly are. So I love that you, you really show that. How did Keaton Chronicles come about? What was the dream that kicked that one off? (laughs) You know, I don't know if there was a dream actually on that one. I I originally applied to go to school in Pepperdine, Pepperdine and, um, I'm pretty sure I got accepted. My aunt lived out in California and I went out my first plane ride. I went out during spring break my junior year and she went to work, handed me the keys to her Cadillac and said, go visit all these schools. So I went all over and I just fell in love with Malibu and the beach. And I sat in the sand by myself and watched surfers. And just, I was just enthralled for a girl that's been on her first plane ride. And then her first time at the beach it was kind of cool. It was by myself because it was just like, I don't think I would have had the same experience or the same memories if somebody would have been like showing me around. I just went and did things. Um, And then I went back to research. Um, I went on a couple research trips to different places and um, in the area and just really to kind of get that vibe. Um, Watched a lot of pro surfing (laughs) just to to learn all of that. So I do do a lot of research and um, I don't know. I loved Gossip Girl, but I kind of wanted to write a surfer too. And so I think the combination of the two and originally I, I, there's a, a version out of my original book where it was really just about her she's kind of a, a lot of people in reviews say she's a little bit of a bitch <laughs> you know in her first book she is, she but is. I, but I love that she both she isn't aware of it and she is and she is unapologetically who she is and she's like so what I have all these great things like what am I going to do about it like I can't change where I came from like I just am that yeah. way and I love that because yeah. that's the energy we all need and I think you know her dad passed away when she was young and she has three little four little four little sisters And I think you see her sweetness about all of that. And she really understands how important people are. But I think she also wanted to be popular and have it all. And she had this big high school musical dream in her head. And it's funny because I think the part that resonated the most with me, besides the fact that I love fashion, is um, I have always tried to script out my life. I didn't literally sit down and write the scripts like she does in the book, but I've always tried to, you know, stood in front of the mirror and practice what I was going to say if a certain boy or this situation <laughs> happened so that I didn't like, I wasn't tongue tied. I'd be like prepped for it and ready to go. So I always planned to be spontaneous. That's funny. Planned to be spontaneous. Yeah. <laughs> I, You know what? I don't, I've never scripted it out, but I, or like even like practice it the way you did. But yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a planner and like, I'm working on being more spontaneous and I have to like plan my spontaneity. I do like whenever I see, like I cut, I color code and time block my calendar. So whenever I see empty spaces, I'm like, who can I hang out with today? Like, let's see who's available for happy hour. Like, let's go out, let's go to brunch and like see where the day or the night takes me. And that's my moment to be spontaneous. But like, I plan it. I plan to have that night off to do whatever. That's good though. Yeah, it's good that you at least have time to do it and yeah. schedule time. It's important. That's too. when a lot of fun happens. Yeah. 
you never know who you're going to meet or what's going to happen. And I don't know, it just adds a little bit of excitement to your life, the unknown. But yeah. yet for a lot of people, that's, that's a hard to, you know, to just, yeah. but yeah, I love the kind of nights where you just never know where you're going to end up. Yeah. It's always the nights that you don't, you think there's like, oh, I'm just going to the local pub with my friends, like going to get a beer. And then ends up like 3am, you're coming home, stumbling. You're <laughs> like, wow, that was a great night. Um, but those are the best yeah. nights. And, you know, I, it has a lot of those too, which is fun, but you do a lot of research for your books. Spy Girl, I think is the one you've said had the most research elements in it, but even Keaton Chronicles, you can tell there was so much care to the clothes, the de- the decor, the uniforms, the way the school was, you know, described the different people's houses, the different cars and their personalities. You just did so much research, you know, where like. Where did you, like, how do you even start planning out these complex stories and series? You always talk about and that you, you know. I, I figure out their characters, right? I figure out the characters and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I need to know what kind of car he drives because that's come, he's got to drive a car. So we got to talk about that. So then I start, well, actually for cars, I text my brother and my son <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this guy's hot and cocky and da, 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 and um, this one's sweet, but you know, he's rich and done. And they're like, and they literally like give me like three cars and I go look them up and, um, I'm like, oh yes, that looks like him, but I need him in a s- more subtle color or I need, um, you know, I don't know. I don't even know how I do it, but I, I think for, I'm a visual learner also. So for me to write the story that the vision hat, I see scenes like movies in my head, like a dream. Um, when I envision them. And if I get to like, I'm going to describe somebody's house, if I haven't seen it, I can't always just make it up. So I search real estate plate, you know, sites and try to find a house that's on the market or that was on the market. And I'm like, so I shop, I shop for clothes and houses for my my characters. That's so fun. Like I want to do that all day. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I horoscope match them and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. It's funny. I, 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 I say this, but it's so true. Like a lot of my, my life and the way I do things is informed by, I mean, it's informed by the environment you're in, the TV, you watch the books, you read the movies, you, the music you listen to, what your friends do. Um, but you know, horoscopes is a big thing. Like, and you know, I don't put a lot of stake into it, but it's definitely something that does inform and I can see patterns. Like I know I'm a fire sign. And I know that water signs and I don't really match. There's, there's very few of them that I can get along with. You know, I get along really well with, I'm a Sagittarius. So, and it's funny because one of my best friends is an Aquarius. Um, but my mom is a Sagittarius like me and my dad's a Leo. So growing up, I always wanted someone who was a Leo as my person. And a lot of my close guy friends, a lot of my friends in general are all, a lot of Leos and a lot of Libras, which I know isn't a fire sign, but those are the people I surround myself the most with because they allow me to be fully who I am versus water signs. You know, I feel like I have to water myself down because I'm too much for them sometimes. And I like them, yeah. you know, with, with Libras, they encourage it. They, they know when to like, you know, spread out the fire and like, you know, they, you know, but they, I'm allowed to be myself with them. And so you, you do the Zodiac matching with all your characters. And it's just, it's funny to see how different characters interact with people because I'm not super, like, I'm not close to a lot of Capricorns or Cancers, for example, 
but I know what these people are like through books and through movies and through TV shows. And so it's kind of cool. I love that you do. And also like that you go and actually do research. Like you, you, like you said, you went back to the beach, you went to the football stadium for spy spy girl. You flew a helicopter, like an actual military <laughs> helicopter. Well, I flew it in a simulator, not a real one. Still but counts. We're going to pretend that that's real. That, that, how, what was that? I actually like, learned. I learned how to crash the helicopter is what I learned too. Um, that was kind of crazy because Spy Girl, I swear I couldn't write a word or a sentence without being like, crap, is that true? You know, because there was just so many details in that. And it, I, she wasn't like Keaton where you heard a gazillion of her thoughts. She just wasn't that kind of character. I mean, you heard a lot of what she was thinking, but she was so focused on her missions that you didn't get. So the the books were shorter and more to the point. And yeah, I would write a sentence, but like, I don't know if that's true, but I, I was researching like, um, maps that if a nuclear bomb went off in the center of London, how much damage it would do. Like there's all, and I, I'm like, I'm never going to be able to fly TSA pre-check again. Like, (laughs) um, but I, and I, I'm researching, you know, criminal act. I'm just researching a lot of uh, conspiracy theories and all this stuff. And I, I'm thinking, my gosh, you know, somebody at NSA is thinking we need to put a flag on her. I'm sitting researching the the bombs and a, a Instagram message pops up and it's this gal and she says, hey, if Huntley ever needs to fly a helicopter, let me know. And I was researching that and helicopters. And I'm like, okay, that's like when you get an, an ad on Facebook, right? You know, they're like, somebody's listening to me here. And I didn't reply for a couple of days. So I'm like, this is a little bit freaky. And then I really looked closer and she literally sent me a picture later reading the book with a helicopter taking off in the background, like a military helicopter. And I started looking at her profile and she hashtags him, hot, my hot pilot, which I thought was so cute. And so I messaged her back and I was like, you know, it's kind of crazy, but I was actually researching that when you messaged me. And yes, Huntley actually is going to need to fly. She'll just have to fly one. I thought she was going to fly one, but then it worked out better in the story that she was just in one. But um, they took me down to Fort Rucker in Arkansas. My brother and I went there and I flew, we both flew in the simulator and um, the hot pilot teaches, he's retired, but he teaches pilots how to fly helicopters and uh, the Black Hawk specifically. And they took me, there's a big muse- helicopter museum there. And we, you know, he couldn't tell me about his missions, obviously. But when we were walking through, I I saw a picture and I was like, wait, wait, can we do this? Like, can can this, ha- could, could she do this onto a building? Like she rappels down a building on from the helicopter. And um, it's not called that it's called long rope and you know there's just all these details and he's like yes and then all of a sudden I knew how she was gonna you know kind of do stuff at the end and so oh, it's just it's a lot of inspiration I know I love that it's also the my hot pilot I have a lot of friends who are fighter pilots in the navy and the marines and commercial pilots too so whenever I see them posting or like they're up in the air and like the sky or you know wherever location mm-hmm. they're in I'm just like and the or in the jumpsuits, I'm like, damn, they're really hot. Like, <laughs> but that's yeah, cool. he had, that's how I experienced he did, that. He did a lot of secret secret missions and stuff, so it was it was really interesting to talk to. And then I I messaged him with certain scenes, and he like said, oh, the, well, there was a scene where what would they say on the radio? 
And I was like, this is what's going to happen. Like, what would they say? Because I'm thinking these pilots, you know, the pilots are all wordy. And he's like, no. three words here. <laughs> three words here. And I was like, okay. Um, and then I also sent, I was like, I didn't know that helicopters could land on an aircraft carrier. I mean, I assumed they could, but I had never really seen that. And so yeah. I had to message and ask if that could happen too. So yeah. that's cool that you, through this, you get to meet to cool interesting people doing all these really fun things and they actually help build your story out more like he was helping you write it to make sure you got it right and I love that you have that attention to detail you know that's that that makes the story so much better because like you said you see it in a like a scene in a movie in your head and as I'm your book specifically I do really feel like I'm in it and I can visualize it because there's so many details and it's so carefully thought out and everything is intentional and it makes it just such a more fun experience to to read and to to be a part of. So you always wanted to write a spy novel. That was your thing. So Spy Girl was your iteration of that. How did that story come about? When did you first like, all right, I'm going to do this? Oh, gosh, I had been working on that in my head, I think, for a long time. Um, I just I knew I wanted her young. And, you know, I love like covert affairs and um the alias and James Bond and I just I don't know I just wanted kind of a kick it, it, it's really living out my fantasy basically of being you know a spy I, when I was a kid yeah you know I didn't know this but it's funny because in the book she obviously we won't give too much away but she's in high society but she's also a spy and I then it started coming out like or I started noticing it that there was a lot of high society women that were spies during the World War II era because they could be in the rooms and nobody would suspect that they were listening because, you know, women don't listen and they're not in conversations, but they were getting all this intel and they were the ones that were helping these missions. And so I like that you get to kind of do that in the book. And it's like, I live out my fantasy of like what it would have been like to be in high society and be a spy. Like that was my, um, that's my fantasy right there. One of my favorite books is called The Spy War Red. Yes, I want to read it. it. It was that situation exactly where she was a Spanish countess or something. And she was, she was American, but she was spying. Um, and there was Carlos the Jackal and she was there always yeah. after him. Yeah. But that, that being in high society definitely affected that book too, because I love that series. Yeah. And James I want to read it. Yeah. Who doesn't love James Bond? I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know. And everybody was like, my gosh, she's in the middle of this. How does she have time to worry about the prince and her love life? Well, James Bond does it all the time. Yeah. But that's what I love he's about her. Like Keaton, Keaton and Huntley, the reason they're my two favorite heroines is that like, I've always been career driven. My, you know, Huntley has her missions. That's her career. She's a spy. And Keaton, you know, it's life or death. And it's her, you know, that's her mission. Her mission is keeping herself alive and, you know, making sure she gets to leave a legacy and you know my mission is is a little bit of both it's you know it's my career I want to leave my career as a legacy and I want to make an impact and I want to enjoy what I'm doing every day and I love that you get to really write strong characters strong female characters that have both that driven ambitious career side but also that soft sweet side where their friendships their relationships their partners and you show them you know, with different partners sometimes too, where you get to see how, who they're with informs how they are. And ultimately when the person they choose at the end of the series, it's like, yeah, that's the right choice because you've seen them with all these other people before. And it's really the best 
version of themselves. And like, that's what now I'm looking for is who am I the best version of myself with? I know all these different versions of me, like where am I really me? So I love that you, you know, that you write characters who can have it all. They're not going to have it all at once. There's going to be, you know, they're going to have to lose some things to gain some things, but that's life. But you write real life. Like you said, it's messy. And I love that. What's your favorite series to write? I, I think I know the answer, but I'm curious. What's your favorite series? To write? Like overall? Overall, yeah, to write. You know, I think Keaton. I loved writing Keaton. Um, I I liked writing Spy Girl, cause, but it was hard to write if that makes sense. Keaton and the new Eastbrook just kind of flows out of me a little bit easier. Um, Bad Boy's easy for me to write too. Um, I think they're just, you know, like you said, different sides of me, different pieces of um, all the things that make me up. Yeah. But you've said that that boy is going to, it's just a series. It's never going to end. That one's, you're going to keep writing it over and over. Do you think he is going to be like that too? Now that you have a second series? Like or the East I think I, mean, I needed to end Keaton's journey with the stalker, um, but I probably didn't need. I probably should have done their senior year because at that point it's about their friends and other relationships and all. You can of always that. write it later. I mean, I know, but I'm kind of doing that with the kids now instead. Yeah. Just and fun. The stakes are different, um, but you know, there's a lot of drama and there's going to be it there was not a lot of family drama in Keaton. You had the stalker instead. There's going to be a lot of family drama in this series. You're just kind of starting to see it. And there's going to be an, a couple interesting crossovers with Spy Girl. Oh, ooh, I'm excited for that. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. And you said also with London Boy, there's going to probably be crossovers, right? Or maybe. Well, there kind of was. Augie was supposed Augie, to be yeah. his friend with Harry and he, the prince, and he um, was goes to school at Kensington which is where London Prep takes place so this series actually takes place before London Prep because she goes there in September and they say that she took somebody's spot well it was the prince's oh see I didn't get that I knew I remember that that. but I didn't yeah didn't put two and two together um Yeah. yeah I love London. It's one of my favorite cities. So that's another, like yeah. her being in London, that's another one of my fantasies, like going to a prep school, going to boarding school. Um, so like, that's always fun. Um, but yeah, I, I hope really it doesn't end. I, I'm excited. And for the family drama, like you said, I think seeing how Keaton is as a mom and the way that her mom parents and her informs the way she parents her kids <laughs> is, you know, that's that's how it happens. And, you know, as I'm, aging into where I'm like open to being a mom now and I'm I'm I want that one day I'm reflecting on how I was parenting how my mom parented me and how you know the lessons that I'm taking from that that I don't want to replicate or that I do want to you know replicate and how my relationship with my grandma and my grandma and my mom and like all of that so I'm excited for the family drama because at least it's not my own family drama (laughs) um and your your daughter though your family's a big part of your team and they help you out in all of this um I know Kenzie also wrote a book she's wrote rent too right girl off the grid and then the poetry book and curious one. Oh, and curious one um I um, love girl she, off the grid too that's another great one yeah she and I um team up on London prep okay so cool. we, we write we write that together yeah well she lives in the UK too so I'm sure that helps mm-hmm. a lot it does a lot yeah so 
we've got yeah. two more books left in that series it's exciting I'm 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 I, I love it's crazy how quickly that one goes like you re, there's such a great story and then it's like it's only been three weeks like we need to relax so what just happened in three weeks who is she going to be with I'm like okay I know it's been a couple years in your life but it's literally been a month in her time (laughs) but it but also goes to show sometimes like when you're young like it just it happens so quickly and like you just you know like you just wow like this is it I mean can't relate because I'm not her age and that hasn't happened for me but like um but some people does I mean I think I think I thought I met the right boy numerous times but then when I really really thought about it I'm like oh, I don't you know this and and it's the same thing you know I've dated country boys I've dated like you know at college there were different sorts of you know frat boys and it was just such a different thing from yeah. I don't know it's, it's interesting how you move around and how you meet different people and how yeah that's a good question for you as someone who writes all these love stories and you also have your own love story and you do all this research and you're very you know the dreams like what's some of the best romance advice that you've either learned or kind of come up with from all of this um you know I think in a relationship I think one of the most I I joke with my husband we've been together for almost 40 years um I still like him you know, yes, I love him, but I really like him as a person. I respect him. Um, I just never have anything bad to say about him because I think he's just a great guy. He's super smart. He's very different from me. So, you know, if we ever, (laughs) I'm, he, he teases me because he's very, he's, my grandfather is a lot like grandpa Douglas and, um, stubborn and I think grandma tells her and my grandmother told me that when you are married to a man who is stubborn and confident that you can't just go toe to toe because then everybody just ends up fighting and I was always you know I'm strong person I have a strong personality I need to get my way and I was wanting to fight for it and she's like no and she literally, I, I talk about it in a lot of my books, but I talk about planting seeds. And I, I learned my lesson. My husband, um, we were planning our wedding. And back then they weren't like they are now. You literally picked your colors and a cake and whatever. Um, I, I want to do something different. Instead of the groom's cake being chocolate, he loves carrot cake. And I was like, why don't we have carrot cake? And he literally said to me, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Nobody ever does carrot cake. It's supposed to be just groom's cake chocolate. And I was like, okay. And then like three weeks later, we're out to dinner and we're talking with his parents about the wedding. And he's like, I was thinking it'd be really cool to have carrot cake. I love carrot cake. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And I didn't say anything. And I, and it literally, light bulb was like, "Mm, okay, so let's just, I think you can assume that over our marriage, I have learned to be patient to bring things up, talk about them, explain why I want them. And then eventually they become his ideas too. And I think um, sometimes, literally, I, it wasn't even that long ago. We were working on this. We bought a new house in Florida and we're redoing it. And he said something to somebody and I literally started laughing. (laughs) That was your idea. Yeah. was like, no way. And he's like, I was thinking, and I just, just started laughing. He goes, okay, fine. He said, you probably told me that, didn't you? I was like, yeah, but I, yeah, it's funny. Relationships are fun. Yeah. No, it's funny. Cause my parents have never, like you, you explicitly talk about like planning seeds. My parents have never told me that as advice, but 
they do that to my mom and my mom will look at me she's like are you kidding me right now and I'm like yes you said that like three weeks ago but we'll let him think it's his idea it's fine usually either my dad or my brother like it's usually my dad but sometimes my brother's like that too we're like oh I wonder where you got that idea from like hello like brilliant I've been telling you this for years but okay now you want to listen um but I like that that you have to like him because yeah a relationship is work you have to choose every single day to wake up and be like I still like you and I still want to make this work with you so date dating you have to date your husband like you can't just it's not the wedding isn't the end all be all there's so much more that comes after and you have to choose to like them and want to fight for it every day and then plan when I got married I think when I got married I mean my husband laughs but I was like you know it really hit me when we were ready to have kids and I'm like okay now now I'm stuck with him we waited five years and I was like things are going good I do want to have kids with him but there was that realization that you know I could get out before now yes I could still divorce him but I have a a child we're gonna have together we're tied to you got you forever um and then the even bigger was when I decided to stay home we decided together that I would stay be a stay-at-home mom because we just needed that in our life. And I'd worked my entire, since I was in fourth grade, I mean, I had a job. So that was huge because it was like, okay, a lot of your, I don't, I don't want to say your worth, but a lot of your personality and your worth and what you think you're doing in life comes from your career. And it was like, comes to a sudden stop and you're just like, okay, I don't know. Now I'm really dependent on him. Right. (laughs) that scares me honestly I give you props I truly I talk about this all the time I don't think I point blank if someone asked me like would you be a stay-at-home mom like I or said I want you to be a stay-at-home mom and like that's the only way I would marry you like it'd be like then sorry but it's not happening like I just I don't I, I don't think I could I I love my career and I love working and I you know you found a, a second career in being an author and it started off as a hobby but you know, unless I know that that is going to happen for me and I have something to do all day from the beginning, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, it's not in me. It's not something that comes natural to me. I like, you might be surprised. I might you take be. your kids to, yeah, it's, but, it's interesting. And now you can work from home and just like my daughter's got a nanny that comes in and you know, yeah. it, she doesn't have to go to a job away from her child. So that's, yeah. but yeah. I like that. I like, I know that when I do have a child, I, I, because I have my own business and I live at home, like I can still be there with them. Um, yeah. and I want to, I want to be present in my child's life, but I want to have an adult life too. And my own friends and my own things to do, not just completely be tied up in my kids. And that's, you know, like you said, like you, it, you have that, those are conversations you have to have. It's a choice you both have to make. Um, and, it, and it's that's hard. very healthy yeah. because you want to like you know now we're empty nesters and it's like well crap it's just us again do we still like each other <laughs> you know I mean because yeah. you, you have to kind of have those conversations all through and assess and we're like yeah this is fun yeah um, that's the most important thing yeah. Yeah, my my parents were both so they were empty nesters for three years and now they're we're both back in the house we both graduated college and for me law school and while I'm building my businesses, they're allowing me to stay at home and all the money that I'm saving, not paying rent, I'm, I'm saving to buy a house and I'm saving to pay off my loans and, you know, all that stuff. Um, my brother's 22, just graduated and looking for a job. So they're going to help them out as well. 
but they had their empty nester time and it, I, I, it's like I got to they got to re-fall in love with each other and like really have fun now that they didn't have to worry about us and I I see that now and coming back home I'm like hello like can you focus on me I'm trying to talk to you and they're over there in their own world having fun over there and I'm like hello like I'm here <laughs> it's like you know they they got so like the fun and like I love seeing that now that I see them in a whole new way their relationship has evolved alongside them and you know you said like they 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 chose to like we still like each other now that the kids are gone and that's not what's keeping us together so to speak like we still want to do this together and they're just now you know going on trips on their own that they never could have done before and you know they like going to dinners on their own and they like um looking to buy properties and just like really like build their lives out now that they've done their jobs and now it's like we're they're allowing us to live here but they're letting us live our own lives like they're not on top of us to do anything you know other than like pick up after ourselves obviously I we do our own thing and they they do their own lives and it's like we're roommates we come home at the end of the day and the only time I hang out with them is after dinner we watch tv for an hour and that's our like family time and then like on the weekends like I'll go to brunch with my mom and go shopping with her and like go golfing with my dad and my brother like little things but you know you would do that if you lived somewhere else anyways you know exactly I would still be with them so but it's cool (laughs) because right now while I'm in this transition period of my life I still get to I also get you get to see your parents as people not just mom and dad seeing them in their element and you know now that they have a routine all on their own without us is really cool and you know you learn to be more respectful of living with someone else because that's and that's a good lesson for when you move in with partner you know yeah they're 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 independent people but now they're not just my mom they're you know Eva and Lewis and they have their own lives and I have to be respectful of that the same way I would have to be respectful of someone I live with um in a way that you aren't really with roommates because you're like too temporary they're temporary and like yeah you don't necessarily have the same relationship with them but yeah I'm so glad that we got to have this conversation and I can't wait to see what you come up with next. I know it's going to be great. And I know you have a lot of things in the works. Is there anything that you can tease of what's coming next? Um, I mean, we're going to do Damon's story from that boy. So he'll have, I think, three books. Um, I'm hoping to write that here, maybe the end of this year um, and probably get it out maybe in the summer. Um, and then the the TV series is, you know, a big a big thing that's hopefully coming up soon um a lot's happening behind the scenes but with the strike and everything that's happening um no announcements have been made but we're hoping that it gets resolved and everything and then we can talk about all that yeah I'm excited to see and yeah how many books do you write a year because you write a lot of books two to three maybe four I've written five before uh it just kind of depends on like the further like writing book one of Eastbrook took me four months and a lot of planning in in advance of that um the next book only took me like a month and a half but as I'm writing book one I'm also writing scenes that happen later in the series so by the time I get to you know book five I might have 30,000 words already written from before the things that I know that need to happen so I never really start a book completely from scratch again and I've already know the characters and stuff by then so that helps but 
um, you know, six to eight weeks is typical. That's wild. But I like that. I like that that's your process. I don't know if other authors are like that, but that you, as you're writing one, you're like, Ooh, like in like three months, I want this to happen, but that'll be like book four. So like you go and write it and then it's already, you have something to work with is, and then knowing the characters. I, I, I feel like we were talking earlier, like you are really invested in each of your characters and they're each different. They're, they're full on people to you. And, you know, and, and we, in your Facebook group, I'll link it so people can join. Um, you know, we like, well, she'll do like, um, like what, like quote, like favorite, like pickup lines that one I Riley, like would always talk about. And like, we get to like, you know, flirt with Riley and like Riley will come in and talk for the day. And like, it's cool to really like, you are really writing people and we're getting to know people and growing up with them, um, which is which is really cool. I love that that's your unique process or maybe not so unique, but I think it's pretty unique and it makes it so much more fun to be a part of. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited for what is next. Where can everybody find you? And I will link it all below. Uh, Instagram mostly is probably where I'm at most. Facebook group. Yeah, and your website, which I'll link. In um, store. What's your next release? popularity isn't easy which is eastbrook number two Ooh, i make some sounds number 19th perfect right around probably when this will go live so that's exciting awesome thank you so much jillian for coming on the podcast mm-hmm.